We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime today, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? It's a fantastic day, Jared. How are you? Not too bad. You know, busy day, busy morning, as we had the trade deadline, and we'll talk a lot about that. But again, it's been a minute or two since we have really been on Talking Halos, and hopefully everybody's doing well, and staying healthy and staying safe and all that fun stuff and you know if you don't follow us already on any social media accounts you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Talking Halos at just that Talking Halos. You can send us an email, it'll go straight to Derek. You can email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com and don't forget to follow myself and Nate on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to follow us. Uh, Probably not Instagram, but Twitter for sure. Uh, I'm at Jared underscore Tim's. Nate is Nate. What are you again? I, it's been a while since I've done this. Uh, Nate Green, thir- or, yeah, Nate Green thirty four. Nate Green thirty four. Yeah. So if you want to go complain to Nate, go do it because he loves hearing everybody complain. So, and I feel like we have. Do we have a little bit of complaining to do today? I don't. I don't know. It's gonna be. I think it's kind of a satisfying day. I don't know how to explain the Angels trade deadline, but. Before we get to the trade deadline, give us one minute to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch 
or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking halos. All right, enough with all of that. Let's get this rolling here and talk a little bit of trade deadline, and we're not going to talk angels quite yet. Nate, let's talk some winners and losers of the trade deadline, and... Who is, just right off the bat, your winner? Because I think we both have a winner in mind, but who's who won today, the trade deadline? Uh, my number one winner is the Minnesota Twins. Interesting. We have different winners. Weird. Why do you think the Twins won? I mean, it's kind of interesting that, again, a, you know, sellers will be winners, right? I mean, do we was there a winner of a buyer that you can think of? The Dodgers. Dodgers. Of course, the Dodgers. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So let's talk about the Twins just real quick. Why did they? Why were they the winners in your eyes? I, I thought they did a really good job. They moved uh, a couple really tough pieces to move, uh, and you know Jose Barrios, a really good young pitcher who uh, has a year and a half of team control. They moved him, and they got two really really good superstar prospects, Austin Martin, who I know you loved in last year's draft, and then they got Simon Woods Richardson, uh, who. He could, he's going to be a big league starter, and he's going to be pretty good, I think. Um, so I thought they did a really good job with that trade. The fact that they got rid of J.A. Happ is impressive in its own route. He's been arguably the worst pitcher in baseball. Um, and they got something in return for him. Like, that would be like us trading Jose Quintana and getting a big league reliever in return who's been pretty good and also a minor leaguer. I, I don't know how they did that. They got John Gant. And then they got uh, a minor leaguer in return on that one. So, yeah, I thought the Twins had a pretty good day. Um, kind of tough. They also traded Nelson Cruz a couple weeks back, got two pretty good starters or t- two good pitchers in that one. So, yeah, it just really looks like the Twins are primed to go make a run at somebody big this offseason, whether it's a, a Zach Gallen, a Luis Castillo, a Herman Marquez, and really – bolster that team again to be ready to go next offseason yeah twins had a pretty successful you know trade deadline and and i let's talk differences between the twins and i I mean i'll even give my winner right now which is the cubs even though the nationals had a pretty pretty solid i'd say trade deadline and and we mentioned the dodgers as well and we'll we'll get on to our losers here in a second but what what do we think the differences are between you know the angels who i guess we can kind of say it now kind of sold in a sense they kind of sold but i'll get into why i think they're also buyers in a sense as well and you know i mean the twins had a lot of interesting pieces i guess i guess you know both the twins and the cubs had a lot more high value pieces but i feel like those two guys were the big winners of this trade deadline and and especially with what you know so what, what they got back for craig kimbrell and chris bryant and, and even javi bias who i think is a tad bit overrated when it comes to the trade market. But then again, you get to the trade trade deadline here, and a lot of teams went out and, you know, you have to overpay to try to go win a World Series, and, and we saw some of those teams do that. But what do we think is the, the big difference between, you know, these two winners and, and kind of what the Angels did before we get on to what the Angels actually did? Yeah, the big difference, I think, is the Twins realize they're not going to catch anyone in their own division. They're way out of it. Um, I think that's a big difference between the Angels and Twins. 
But also, the the other big difference is the the Twins were willing to move guys. I, I think that's they're okay with kind of you know passing on this season and saying you know what we we had Byron Buxton who had an MVP type season get hurt. Um, Josh Donaldson hasn't been as good as we thought. Angelton Simmons has not been as good as we thought. Um, and we just had a lot of injuries, and our starting pitching was just not that good. So we're okay with not being good the rest of this year and being good next year because we're going to have the pieces that are going to return. They're going to get Royce Lewis back, um, who might even be a big leaguer to you know roughly start next year, uh, probably a month in. Um, so I think that's a huge difference between the Twins and the Angels. Um, the Twins and the Cubs were in a very similar spot, if I were to say. Um, I think that the Cubs definitely have a, a core that the Angels don't, but other than that, like they, they're both right around the same spot in the division. They're both right around the same spot in the wild card race. Um, and, and the Cubs just, I don't know. I think they just kind of realized it was time. And I think that's something the Angels have had a tough time doing over the last five or six years is finding out when their time is up and when their time is now. Yeah, that's, that is the big difference there between the Angels right now and even the Angels in the past five years or so and the Angels or any of the other teams that really went out there and sold. And these two winners that we were talking about right now is that it feels like the Angels still think that they're in it. And if you look at it, Numbers-wise, yes, they are, but the Angels have to have a fairly crazy second half here. The last about 60 games, I think, is, is what the Angels are down to, and they probably got to win about 40 of them to, to really you know, go out there and, and have a, you know, a, a legitimate chance. And we can talk about why we think that the Angels may possibly have a chance here a little bit later on when we talk about, you know, what this trade deadline really means for the Angels and everything, but yeah, that that is that is the main difference I think right now is that you know I, I we just I think we, and we talk about this all the time we just don't think the Angels are knowing that they are ready to sell. I mean I think that they know. I think a lot of people in the organization know, and a lot of people that I talk to, it's like, well, what do you think the Angels should do? And and it's sell your assets, and we've been talking about that a lot as well, but. I think that there are certain people in the organization, and that doesn't need to be mentioned, that think that this team can go out and compete. And, and again, we'll go out about why that might be the case here in, in a couple minutes. But but yeah, let's just jump right into what the Angels did this trade deadline. And, and, and probably the more one of the more productive trade deadlines I think the Angels have had over the past five years or so when the Angels have kind of been in this weird lull where they don't know if they're buyers, don't know if they're sellers, they should probably sell but can't really, like, they've just been in this weird spot for the past five years or so, and and the Angels traded Andrew Heaney away today, if if none of you were aware of that, and they also traded uh, Tony Watson away, uh, Andrew Heaney went to the Yankees for two pitchers, Jansen Junk, yes, that is his real name, Jansen Junk, and Elvis Piguero, uh, Junk has a possibility of being a starter, and which is a really interesting thing. You'll see the fastball in the low, maybe to mid-90s at times. He has a slider that's pretty good. A nice little curveball and a changeup in the works. So there's a possibility that you see him 
be a starter to some degree at the big league level. I don't know to what degree, but I, I do think that there's a chance he starts. Elvis Peguero, another guy that the Angels got from the Yankees, uh, a reliever, hasn't really played too much baseball. Actually, I, I saw a report that said that he started playing baseball when he was 16, and I think now he's 19 or 20, so there's a lot of raw ability, a big arm there with a two-seam with some run and then a slider that goes the other way. And, yeah, just two pitches, so it's probably going to be a reliever, a big kid as well. So, And then Tony Watson went to the Giants for Sam Selman, Yvonne Armstrong, and Jose Marte. And, yeah, it, it, I kind of like that trade a lot. You know, you look at Tony Watson, he was, he was a pretty good reliever. I know if you watched him the past two weeks to a month, you'd be like, wow, the Angels really, really did good. But Tony Watson was definitely one of the more reliable relievers for the Angels this whole season, minus the last two weeks to a month. And and it, it was a nice little return for them. Sam Selman was and probably will be a major leaguer. And they have a lot of controllable years on him. And big slider, it, it's slider fastball for him. One of the best sliders in baseball when he has it going and throws strikes. And I'm assuming he'll probably just take the role of what Tony Watson had anyways. Um, Ivan Armstrong, I believe he got put down to low A in Inland Pyre. I don't have too many reports on him. And the same goes for Jose Marte. And I think the big word for the day, and if you're going to describe this trade deadline for the Angels to anybody and the players that they got, it's going to be performance-based. Because if you go and look at what these players did in the minors this year and Heck, even in the past a little bit, it's it's a lot of strikeouts, it's not a lot of walks, and not a lot of runs given up. And it's it's very performance-based, and sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's a bad thing. And I think that's kind of been the theme so far with Perry Manassian, is kind of, in a sense, taking those safe guys and not really going after the, if you want to look at the draft, those Kumar rockers who we thought was safe and all of a sudden now has an elbow issue and... The same goes for a kid like Khalil Watson, who I thought the Angels might take in the draft. So, yeah, when it, when, it, when it's all said and done, I think the Angels played it safe. But I think that, I mean, can we say that the Angels got better? No. You don't think the Angels got better? Like, let's the, let's really think about this, and we, and we can jump into what I was what, what I was saying earlier. I, long term, long term, we're in the here and now. I think the Angels got better in the here and now. You know, the Angels, you, you get Trout back soon. You get Rendon back soon. Jared Walsh will be coming off the IL in, in eight days or whatever it is. And and now there are reports that Reed Detmers is going to start fairly soon. And if not, if you're listening to this on a Friday, I don't know when this podcast is going to go out. If you're listening to this, it, it, Reed Detmers could possibly start tomorrow in Anaheim. I And I, and I could truly believe that. He was scratched from his start. So... The question starts those, to be here, Nate. Those things were going to happen with or without the trade deadline, though. Like, if the Angels are know, keeping we, Andrew Heaney, though, are, are they bringing up Reed Detmers? That's the only one that that doesn't happen. But the getting Rendon back, hopefully getting Trout back, getting Walsh back, those are all going to happen, whether these we make these trades or not. So, I I don't know if you could take those into account in saying they got better today because of that. Um, you know, I'm a huge – I'm not a big believer in Andrew Heaney. So seeing Andrew Heaney go, you know, I wasn't as disappointed as some, as some other people were. But, um, yeah, definitely I think Reed Detmers could be better than Andrew Heaney right now. So I guess you could say they could get better. But 
did they get better in the bullpen where they've been really bad with uh, getting rid of Tony Watson? I don't know. I, I don't know who they're going to go to. Is it Sam Selman, who's had some trouble at times, but also could could be really, really good? We, we don't know what Sam Selman we're going to get. Maybe the Angels saw something that they think they can make a change. I don't know. But um, that's kind of the big thing for me is, like, their bullpen's been really, really bad, so it's hard to say that they got better by getting rid of probably their second-best bullpen art. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I, I think that's fair. And, and you look at it, Chris Rodriguez is probably the next guy that comes up, and, and then you're able to move another starter back to the bullpen. Griffin Canning's still there, and hopefully – you know the injury woe or what whatever is going on with with canning you know can can find its you know can leave in a sense and i know we're not the biggest of griffin canning fans here but getting that type of arm back and possibly putting it in the bullpen might actually not be too bad so again i, I you're right it, it's hard to say that the angels got better right now but i i I don't know. They didn't get worse. They definitely didn't get worse. Yeah, and we've talked about this before off the record. It was like, well, do we think that the Angels somehow magically get better if the bullpen, or not if they just all of a sudden go out and sell, you know? Like, if they were to have sold Rysel Iglesias and Jose Iglesias and, you know, basically the entire bullpen and just brought up, you know, Austin Warren, who we saw the other day, and Andrew Wants, and... Connor Higgins and Oliver Ortega, who's now in AAA, and, and, and those type of guys, do, do we think they really get... I, I think they would probably be a better team with those type of guys, those younger guys getting the experience. You know, Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez, even bringing up Joe Adele, who it, it doesn't seem like the Angels will bring up this year, but I, I don't know. I think that making some of these trades and getting younger on you know, the offensive and defensive and pitching side of things is not a bad thing. So I, I do think if Detmers finds his way up and Chris Rodriguez finds his way up in the rotation, the Angels all of a sudden get better, and, and, and they also made some trades to get better, per se, if that makes sense. Like, they, they traded some major leaguers away, got minor leaguers, but the minor leaguers that are going to replace these major leaguers are, are, are going to be better. So I, I, I don't know. It's very interesting. Are we happy about what the Angels did today? I would say mixed emotions. Um, I, I'm happy that they got rid of Andrew Heaney. I think it, it does give us a chance to see Reed Detmers and Chris Rodriguez, so I, I'm happy with that. Um, Tony Watt, you know, great rental player for us, I guess. We got him for a million dollars, and he comes in and gets us three three players. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited about that, happy about that, but it's also a little disappointing that if you're going to sell – why not sell? You know, I, I'm tired of seeing this. We're going to play both sides of the card and we're going to, you know, sell one or two guys and maybe buy a guy or, or, or just kind of hold hold uh, status quo and, and hope that we get better. I, I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing that. We've seen that, what, five years in a row now? Yeah, it, it just seems like this is a very Angels trade deadline, <laughs> if, if we had to say this ourselves. And it seems like, I don't know if I should be, you know, saying this, but it, de- it definitely does feel like there is a higher authority in charge of kind of what's going on, and and I, I don't know if that's the case at all. But it, you know, the Angels did get a new GM, and it, it, it seems like it, it should be his show. But 
I don't know if it really is. I, I really don't know. So, Nate, I think we've been talking long enough about this. I, I think that everybody kind of gets a gist of what happened here today, and I think that it's just a very angels thing that happened today. So, any final thoughts on anything at all going on? I I hope that uh, Reed Detmers is the guy who gets the call. I think Chris Rodriguez makes more sense than Reed Detmers, but uh, with Detmers getting scratched, he's probably the guy, and um, I'm really excited to see him pitch in the big leagues. I think he's going to be very, very good. He's had a lot of success this year. He's gotten better each and every start, it feels like. So I'm really excited to see what he looks like and you know, start to dream of like what this team could really look like next year um, if Detmers throws well and you know maybe an Iglesias, Russell Iglesias um, contract extension or, or something of that nature. And now you look up and it's – you know, always looking towards that off season of being, hey, we we make these two moves, we can be really good. So, hopefully, Detmers looks good. Hopefully, Detmers is the guy, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, a lot of baseball still left to be played. You never know; the Angels could get hot, win ten in a row, something crazy like that, and find themselves in a wild card contention. So it, it'll be interesting to see down the road. I think that they're they're going to compete. I think that every game is going to be pretty fun and. I definitely don't think that fans should really give up on it yet. I think that there's something there. I, I, I definitely do. I think that, you know, optimist angels, you know, uh, that optimistic side of me says that the angels could possibly compete, especially with the players that they get coming back. So, yeah, I I think that it's a very angels thing, what's going on right now. I think that if the angels, can we use the, can we use angels as like a, uh, as a, uh, description word like you've been angeled almost like it's just so so average in a sense like what everything it's so you know not disappointing but you know what i'm saying right nate oh absolutely very you know buttercup you have high expectations don't meet those expectations and uh maybe make a a move that people question once or twice a year yeah i i, I guess you know that would be what buttercup means so guys as always thank you so much for listening to this podcast i I appreciate you listening in if you could go follow myself on twitter at jared underscore tims for all the minor league news you can go follow nate as well you can go complain to him he loves complaining so you can go complain to him and he'll complain back to you i think so and always don't forget to follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at talking halos you can send us an email or reply to it maybe get you guys on a show at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. So, guys, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.